Welcome to Refocus Together. I'm your host, Lindsay Gensel, and this is a special ADHD Awareness Month series of my podcast, Refocused with Lindsay Gensel. If you're a regular listener, you know that the Refocus podcast is where we change the narrative around ADHD and share the tips and tools we need to refocus and live our best lives. If you're new here and found us because of ADHD Awareness Month, welcome. We are so glad to have you. Now, there are parts of this ADHD journey that some of us have figured out, and there are parts that we all still need help cracking. So for ADHD Awareness Month, I'm collaborating, as always, with my partner, ADHD Online, to interview 31 people. That's one interview for every day of the month about their own ADHD experience. We'll hear from people who were diagnosed as kids and those diagnosed well into adulthood. We'll talk about hyperfocus and distraction, stigma and shame, grief and acceptance, and so much more. And we'll see that ADHD can affect anyone, all genders, orientations, backgrounds, nationalities, and cultures. And while there are differences in how we live this truth, there are also so many similarities that bring us together in community. This special project is very near and dear to my heart, and although talking to 31 different people has been a lot of talking, I am so grateful for each person who shared their story, and I am forever changed by these conversations. And of course, I cannot wait for you to meet my guests and get to know them. Be sure to subscribe to Refocus with Lindsay Gensel so that you don't miss a single story this month. And with that, let's get on to today's episode. After struggling for years with disorganization, Dr. Randall Dutler was diagnosed with ADHD while studying pre-med at Michigan State. It wasn't something the co-founder and now chief innovation officer for ADHD Online had ever considered. From a young age, the ADHD label carried a stigma, but thankfully Dr. Dutler was able to find someone who put the pieces together for him and recommended an assessment. And as he learned to let go of the negative feelings that came with his diagnosis, Randy started to see the many gifts ADHD brought into his life. Always able to see things from a different angle, he regularly offered solutions that others might not have considered. And years later, he's learned to balance his busy mind by slowing down and trying to be more purposeful when communicating with others or trying to complete tasks that require sustained attention. Being open and honest about his self-described deficiencies has strengthened his relationships, especially with his wife, a former project manager who helps him prioritize tasks and maintain a healthy work-life balance. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Randall Dutler, Chief Innovation Officer and co-founder of ADHD Online. Dr. Dutler, I'm so excited to sit down and yeah. hear a little bit more about your own ADHD journey. And I'm hoping that we might be able to go back to when you were diagnosed. I was diagnosed during a pre-med program at Michigan State University. And, you know, I had always struggled in high school. Um, you know, elementary school was easy. 
it got a little more difficult through middle school and then, you know, high school, I struggled. And um, it was tough. College, the pre-med program was, was difficult. And so my, my doctor suggested that I get tested. Now, this is in the mid-90s. So, you know, even then, ADHD was not really a thing. No. You know, but um, I, I was definitely positive. I'll put it like that. I was definitely positive. <laughs> I ranked very, I did very well in my exam yeah, as well. Right. It's not a competition, <laughs> but I was, I was definitely positive. And um, this whole thing, you know, with this whole grieving your past, I, you know, I felt that uh, quite a bit. But I remember the day I took the medication the first day. And I had a microbiology class I had to go to. And I took my medication. I rode my bike to class. And I sat down. And it was um, it's almost a little emotional. Because I remember looking at the professor. And the distractions melted away. And this, this clarity of thought came upon me. And my notes were immaculate. And I remembered everything. And I left the class just awestruck. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. know it's hard. And I, yeah. I felt it too. Mine was not as um, monumental in the fact yeah. that you were in a microbiology class in a pre-med program. I was in a TJ Maxx parking lot <laughs> when I had my realization. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It's really nice to to know that it happens for a lot of people. And, and medication isn't for everyone. So that's a very important part of it. But I'm curious, that diagnosis and that moment of clarity for you... Mm-hmm. Can you look back and, and see that that is a major point in, in your life, in your career? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think I would have made it through the pre-med program without it. Um, because, you know, for, for a lot of people, it isn't just school. It's There are other responsibilities. You know, I had to work. You know, I had to, you know, work study time into that. So studying had to be productive. It was extremely important to make it through that. And I've taken very challenging classes. And, um, yeah, I don't think I would have been successful. And, um it's it's nice to know that you're not broken, right? You see all these other people succeeding around you. And with ADHD, it's easy to feel paralyzed by these tasks and, you know, to realize that you do have the same potential because this is the thing we have to really drive home to people that ADHD, that is not a diagnosis of low intelligence. It's actually quite the contrary. People with ADHD oftentimes have, have high intelligence. I just saw a, a very young kid yesterday, I think he was six, scored very high in his IQ, but is really, really struggling socially and, and stuff in school. And that's the problem. And now parents are aware of this. They're, they're, they're ahead of it now. And he's not going to deal with all the things that I had to deal with in the past. But, you know, very easily, this extremely brilliant young man could have, you know, built this narrative for himself that he was unintelligent. And that's a shame. It is. That's a shame. It is. And I think it's something yeah. that a lot of people deal with, regardless mm-hmm. of what your mental health diagnosis mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So I'm curious, when you look at how ADHD has affected your life, mm-hmm. what are some of the negative things that stand out? And you talk about, you know, like high school was difficult. Mm-hmm. Is it the organizational side of things? Is it staying yeah. focused? Yeah. Yes and yes. Uh, so, you know, there are some negativities there. Uh, but, but you know, it's important to be honest with yourself and honest with people around you so they can support you better. So, you know, I was fortunate enough. My wife was a project manager. <laughs> and uh, so good she's, she, oh, my word, yes. So, uh, and very good <laughs> with money, too. And so uh, she supports me. She writes, you know, lists for me. She, you know, we talk about my deficiencies pretty openly. And, um, you know, I have a great executive administrator that helps with scheduling. So that's that's the biggest thing. Time management is huge with ADHD. Um, and I still struggle with that because, you know, in our minds, our minds go so much faster. And so if I plan out my day and say, OK, I've got these four or five things I have to get done in my mind, I'm going to I'm going to bang those out really fast. 
But in reality, it takes longer. Yes. And we don't account for things like travel time or those things. So we're chronically running behind. We're chronically feeling stressed out because of the scheduling issues. So that's one deficiency. And the other one is prioritizing tasks because as an ADHDer, we prioritize tasks, not necessarily based on urgency, but how much that stimulates us during the day, right? right? So maybe this project needs to be done, but I really like this project. So I'm gonna do that one instead. The shiny so, object. The shiny object. The thing is, we say the shiny object mm-hmm. and we joke about right, it. Right, right. But right. it's really the dopamine. It is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely is. And then getting distracted. So you may be in the middle of a task and that task generates a new task and now you're you're off doing that. So, you know, once you recognize the deficiencies, you can start to mitigate them. But you have to be honest with yourself that they exist. And um, I think people who are newly diagnosed, maybe, you know, seeing this and hearing us, they may not realize that those deficiencies exist until now. They may be sitting there saying, oh, my word, this is me. This is what I do. This is ADHD. I never knew that. Yes. You know? And I will tell you, for ADHD Awareness Month mm-hmm. and Refocus Together, which yeah. 31 episodes, you know, 31 stories in 31 days, every person I talked to mentioned something new where I was mm-hmm. like, oh. The light bulb moments. Light bulb moments. Yes. And, I mean, time blindness, yes. Mm-hmm. I always knew I ran late. Right. But why was I running late? Right. Because my five minute trip into Target is never five minutes. It is. No, never. But it's interesting the self awareness that mm-hmm. comes from being mm-hmm. open about things. Right. And and the other thing with people with ADHD is deadlines play a huge role. And so many times if you say you have thirty days to get this project done, we're gonna sit on that project until the very last minute. And it's almost I don't know if it's stimulating or something, but having that timeliner up against it's the urgency. It's the urgency. And so it's the things, adrenaline rush. Yes. We, we, we kind of live for right. it. Right. And people without ADHD say, you know, why why, why? do you wait yeah. to do it? There's there's kind of a running joke with, with my wife and I. I tell her, you know, if you go and do something and you say, have the house ready, you know, I'll be home at five. Don't show up at 445 because it's not going to be done. Could you tell my mother that? Because I feel it's, I, how it's it is. the worst. It is. I mean, I have all day to do the task. <laughs> but if you tell me you're going to be here at five and you need these things done, don't show up early because they won't be done. Or at least don't be mad if you show up early. Right. I'm like getting because, dressed, whatever, right. dinner, and the dog mm-hmm. is barking. And I'm like, right. Mom, 30 yeah. minutes early. Come on. Yeah. You know what's really telling? I love I love to talk about how people clean their house with ADHD. I don't know if you've you know, seen this in yourself, but you watch someone without ADHD and they'll clean one room and they'll organize it all. And, you know, they'll find things that go in other rooms. They'll put them in piles and, you know, then they'll take them up. But people with ADHD will start in the kitchen and we find the phone charger and now we bring it up to our room and now I'm cleaning the room and now I find the cup and I'm back in the kitchen. And this is how people with ADHD function. Mm-hmm. It's a, and we get it all done, uh-huh. but it's the distractibility is, um, you really have to be cognizant of it to be effective. The, the smirk on my face is, yes, of course I totally know what that's like because that is exactly how not only I clean my house Uh but like I go through the day right right so I would love to know from your perspective as a healthcare provider how instrumental has it been being able to share your own experience or at least give people who come in to talk about ADHD you can empathize you can offer actual solutions that you know work Mm-hmm. Because you've either tried them or you've looked into them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a complex diagnosis. And right. I think people get really overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think, you know, it depends on the age, the, the impact that we're having. So for younger patients, you know, we talk about emotional regulation. We talk about 
you know, this concept of rejection dysphoria. We talk about impulsivity and how that impacts interpersonal relationships with other students and even parents. You know, I, I've had parents say, you know, I love my child, but, you know, it's draw of attention is so much that the house almost re revolves around this person, mm -hmm. right? And and I don't want to use the word resentment, but it's a, it's a struggle, right? And and when the child's away at a play date or something, you know, the right. whole house can breathe. So, you know, making people aware of that and helping them navigate that is is really, really helpful. And in the adult world, you know, helping them understand that this, this early phase of distractibility can be harnessed into this swirl of brilliance and ideas, right? Because we only talk about the negativity yes. of ADHD, but that's why many CEOs and entrepreneurs and, you know, people who are very creative have an ADHD call it maybe even a background, but diagnosis, yeah. because we see angles that other people don't see. You know, we think outside of the box. And again, you know, many people at ADHD have very high IQs, they're very intelligent, and they're solutionists. And so if you can harness that and mitigate some of the more problematic issues, people with ADHD can be very successful. And I think if you polled people with, you know, high level positions, CEOs, and, you know, innovators, I, I think you'd be surprised at the number that actually have ADHD. Well, and I think it's just going to continue to rise. Yeah. You know, the pandemic really opened up the conversation mm -hmm. about what was going on mm -hmm. for all of us yeah. and where our struggles were. And, you know, I was diagnosed right before turning thir 35. People I've talked to for the podcast, you know, diagnosed in their 50s. Mm -hmm. And the common denominator is when the structure or the coping mechanisms or the support mm -hmm. like a spouse yep. are gone. Mm -hmm. That's when your real brain, so to speak, kind of comes into action. It, and that's true. And it, and it will rear its head in different situations. Yes. So, you know, you'll have somebody who's been compensating for say 10 years, then they get a promotion or a new job that requires training and some other, you know, heavy lifting from, you know, a concentration standpoint. And, and then it rears its head again. And so I have patients that, you know, they take medication for a short period of time studying for a professional exam or they you know, have a promotion. And so we want to support them in those different phases of their lives. I have one patient who works in construction and Friday mornings are his paperwork day. So he takes one immediate release pill in the morning on Friday mornings. He does his payroll, his house receipts. And then when he's out working, he doesn't need it. Right. And so in the adult world, really understanding, you know, what is the impact in each situation and then how can we mitigate that without medication and where does medication play a role in supporting that person? It's not just a rubber stamp diagnosis no. and it's not a one size fits all medication regimen. Um, you really have to consider all of the factors and build a plan that works for each patient. And it's other things like sleep and exercise and food. It is, yes. And, you know, the art of medicine comes, you know, in knowing which drugs do multiple things. Right. So, you know, for example, if I have a patient that has social anxieties, you know, speaking in public, less of a hyperactive component and more of an inattentive component, I may use a drug like propranolol or Indorel, which helps with that and then a very low dose stimulant. You know, someone who has some agitated depression alongside of their ADHD, more of an impulsivity issue, I may lean towards Wellbutrin in that patient. And so this is where the expertise comes in and saying to patients, okay, we're going to look at the whole picture of you, not just ADHD, all of your issues, and then find a, a regimen that makes it most successful, taking the least amount of medication to be, to be helped. When you look at how ADHD shows up in your life, what do you see as the positives? What's your superpower? 
Well, I, you know, I think people with ADHD are fun. You know, we're fun we people. Are fun. We're fun people to be around, you know. And a lot of us are, you know, um, uh, charismatic, good public speakers, you know, solutionists. So I think I think that's the the fun part as we age. And, you know, as Zach mentioned, I have a son with ADHD. We have we have a riot together because, you know, we have similar personalities. And uh, and I'm very honest with my son about it, too, that I have it. He, he sees my deficiencies as an adult. Then I help him to not step on those landmines when he gets older. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think um, I think just being honest with yourself, comfortable with yourself, embracing those deficiencies and recognizing the, the gifts is the key to success with ADHD as an adult. So one of the things that stood out to me with some of the people I talked to was like the positivity and the self-awareness. Yes. yes. I want to end by asking, and I'm, I'm very curious because, you know, being a healthcare provider, sure. when you look at ADHD and we've come so far, even mm-hmm. just since ADHD online was started, right. you know, the pandemic really escalated our understanding because we had to, mm-hmm. we had to figure it out. When you look at ADHD and what the general public knows about it, what do you wish you could change? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, so many things. One is that it's a, not a diagnosis of character. It's brain chemistry is what it is. And so it's really important that kids know they're not broken, even adults. And it's something that should be addressed. It's something that when kids take medication, they have to understand it's not making them smarter. It just helps them to focus a little bit more. So a lot of time on education. But, you know, the one thing I I want people to know with ADHD is that it can be a superpower. The potential's there. And and in a population who sometimes sees a very dull future and uh, underestimates their potential, the number one thing I want them to know is that this harnessed correctly can be a superpower that can make you very, very successful. And you can be successful because of the ADHD, not in spite of the ADHD. Well, Dr. Delver, thank you so much for sharing your story for ADHD Awareness Month. I I truly appreciate you coming here. Thank you. You bet. There are so many people to thank for making Refocus Together happen. The entire team at ADHD Online, Zach Booker, Dr. Randall Dutler, Tim Gutwald, Keith Brophy, my teammates Keith Boswell, Suzanne Spruitt, Claudia Gotti, Melanie Mile, Paul Owen, Kirsten Pip, Sissy Yee, Trisha Merchandunny, Lauren Radley, Corey Kearney and Mason Nelly and the team at Dexia, Hector and Kenneth and the team at Snack Media, Cameron Sterling and Candace Lefke, Camilla Eden, Lauren Terry, Sarah Gelbard, Phil Rodeman, Jake Beaver, and Sarah Platinitis. Our theme music was created by Louis Inglis, a songwriter and composer based in Perth, Australia, who was diagnosed with ADHD in 2020 at the age of 39. To find out more about Refocus Together or to share your story with me, head over to ADHDonline.com and check out the ADHD Awareness Month page which highlights this project as well as each day's episode after they've been released. You can also find out more by following along on social at Lindsay Gensel and at RefocusPod.